0: Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find
1: SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. You're listening to the SportsGrid Network.
2: Let it rain!
1: Remember the class where I taught you all how to make it rain?
2: Make it rain.
1: Dollar dollar bills, y'all. Good
0: morning, sports investors. It is Tuesday, December seventeenth. Let's a doodle do it. It is make it rain here on the Sports Grid Network. I'm Dane Martinez, the spitting statistician. We're going to get Joe Ranieri with us in a hot second, but obviously what we need to talk about, listen, there were games in the NBA yesterday. We got ball season upon us in a couple of days. It really starts in earnest, but we have coming down to the end of the NFL season, and the New Orleans Saints certainly re-announced themselves last night as true contenders, getting a 34-7 to win against the Indianapolis Colts. You're going to hear a lot of things about this game, but the headline is, of course, Drew Brees. Drew Brees was absolutely amazing last night, okay? First things first, let's get the records out of the way. He throws for four touchdowns last night. He now has 541 touchdowns on his career. That is the most all-time in NFL history. He goes ahead and breaks Peyton Manning's record. And it's funny because he threw a touchdown that got called back via penalty and then did it again a couple of plays later. A lot of shots of the family up in the booth. We're seeing that a lot now, right? We saw it with Eli Manning. We saw it now with Drew Brees. Um, I don't think there's a shortage. We'll see it again with some other uh, stars going into their swan song in the next, maybe it's two weeks or maybe it's a year and two weeks when you consider guys like Rivers and Brady and Ben that are all coming to the end of it. But this was about Drew Brees. And he goes 29 of 30 in this game as well. So get this. In the game where he sets the all-time career touchdown record, he also sets the single game record for completion percentage going 29 of 30. All right, Tessitore and Booger were all over this for the majority of the second half. And then they go ahead and pull Drew Brees at the very end almost to kind of preserve that completion percentage. So remember what this actually says. This says that not only was Drew Brees the most prolific thrower of all time, but that in essence, he still got it. Right, Because now, in this very game, he's going 29 of 30. The completion percentage is absolutely incredible. This offense is absolutely incredible. We just did not see the Indianapolis Colts hold up to their end of the bargain. A lot of production. We also need to talk about Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas, 12 catches, 128 yards, and a touchdown. He is now on pace to break the single-season reception record, a record held by... An Indianapolis Colt, Marvin Harrison. I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous the chemistry these guys have. No one was able to stop Michael Thomas yesterday. If you had him on your fantasy team, it was absolutely clear that you probably. I mean, a couple of huge performances uh, over the week, right? It started with Lamar Jackson on Thursday. You got great games out of people like Julio Jones, Rashard Perryman last week, but. You also have Michael Thomas reasserting himself as wide receiver one. Then we look at the other end of the spectrum, and I know we're going to talk more about this when Joe comes back on the other side of the break here on Make It Rain on the Sports Grid Network. But the Colts couldn't do squad douche, and we were talking about this yesterday, right? We were talking about the Colts as a team that, you know— uh Decent team. We like what they're doing. We are okay with Brissett as a quarterback. He got the contract. We'll talk about that later on in the show. But we like Frank Reich as a coach. We like the way Ballard is building this team from the trenches on out. You know, but they're kind of just running out of gas in my opinion, okay? They got off to a very hot start, right? Didn't they start off something like five and two? Remember, we were joking because FanDuel and other books had refunded bets, futures bets on the Colts, whether it was to win the division, win the conference, after the Andrew Luck retirement. But then they start off like gangbusters. Well, since then, you know, they've lost, I believe it's six of their last seven now. And... A lot of them were close games. We've made th- that point, but that's when you have your your kicker, Adam Vinatieri, not coming through for you in the clutch. But this team, you know, without T.Y. Hilton for four or five weeks, he came back yesterday, was kind of nondescript in that last garbage time drive. He had four catches for 25 yards, still under his prop bet of four and a half receptions. I hope you tailed us on that one, right? But without T.Y. Hilton, Without Marlon Mack for weeks, and he comes back but is also not effective, game scripted out of the game, only 11 carries for 19 yards. No Paris Campbell, no Devin Funches, no Eric Ebron, even no Chester Rogers. You know, this guy, like the number three wideout is gone as well. All right, so they are losing a lot of their weapons and running out of steam, and I think they've hit the end or the max of what it is that they can do. Right, And they weren't on this day in the Dome where they were honoring the 10th anniversary of the Saints Super Bowl run against these Colts on a night where Drew Brees was setting the all-time record not only for touchdowns in a career but accuracy in a single game. It wasn't going to happen, all right? It wasn't going to happen. And now the Colts are officially eliminated for the playoffs. So you got to see with them moving forward, right? Do they go ahead and say, T.Y., thanks for coming back and pushing, but you can put it on ice for the rest of the season, the last two games? Will they say the same thing to a guy like Marlon Mack, who's battling injuries but coming back, right? And then you have to think about what does this team do moving forward? You know, I mean, we talked yesterday, Joe and I, about Ryan Tannehill and the idea of what will that market be? You know, does the team have to, in essence, lock him up to keep him or do they like better what's behind door number two? What will that market be? Now, I know the Colts went ahead and signed Jacoby Brissett, but that was kind of an emergency response to the Andrew Luck. What will this team look like? Is that another chair in the game of merry-go-round and musical chairs in this offseason? But this is about the Saints. They go to 11-3. and three. Them, Seattle, San Francisco, Green Bay, even Minnesota. It remains top-heavy in the NFC. We'll talk about it with our guy, the Rain Man, Joe Ranieri. we come back on the other side of the break. we up and running in rain on a December Tuesday. Come on back. We got NBA, Bulls, NFL, and a whole lot more. We make a catch.
1: Breeze's second of the night. Will he get it here? Yes! Touchdown pass. 5-4-0 in the 5-0-4. Let's see. 27 for 28. Does he have another? Yes, Taysom Hill. And how about another touchdown as well? Nothing uh, but touchdowns uh, like an Oprah giveaway during uh, the Christmas holiday. Unbelievable. Drew Breeze. Just setting records left and right, and I can certainly tell you this here, that I'm thinking after 8,800 passes here in the NFL, uh, the Miami Dolphins may want to reconsider that uh, that uh, situation yeah, there where saving. they thought 80- maybe shoulder was uh, <laughs> a bit of an issue. I'm thinking the shoulder's okay. And, oh, oh, yeah, I'm I'm thinking Dante Culpepper is working at Applebee's right now. But, hey, you know what, Nick Saban, there's a reason why you're in Alabama and not in the Good NFL. Choice, yeah, <laughs> and that uh, that still stings here in the South Florida vicinity as people are watching Drew Brees break record after record. And, wait, wait, wasn't that the guy that was too small that couldn't – his shoulder issues right. wasn't, wasn't going to be in a league very long – yeah, no. Uh, just dominating – for him dominating for the Saints, and uh you're left uh, with a whole lot of question marks there for the Indianapolis Colts uh moving forward. But once again, uh you gotta and I got an even crazier statistic last night that was uh that was brought up regarding and you talk about Drew Brees being completely forgotten about uh for so long there because Uh, You weren't sure what was going to happen in Sandy. He wasn't good enough to be the starter there. Was he got hurt? What was he going to be? And then all things work out. It's amazing how they do, including with Michael Thomas here, guys. Michael Thomas, the amount of, I believe, was it wide receivers picked prior to Michael Thomas, guys. That's right. When you go down the list, this was – it's actually kind of laughable when you think about the amount of guys – That went Somebody like Corey Coleman, uh, for instance, was a guy that that went way before Michael Thomas did. You start going down and you got to wonder like, wow, um, what were people thinking? Now, I don't know. Is Michael Thomas a byproduct of because he's. Him and Breeze have this thing going on where, you know, you you have these people where you start a sentence and somebody finishes it. It's kind of what that feels like with these two, because while he was great, wasn't the same receiver with Teddy Bridgewater. Is that fair to say? Uh, Just wasn't what we've seen with Teddy Bridgewater and what this guy has been able to do um is been nothing short of absolutely amazing to me especially with drew Brees. especially given the fact that uh when you give him that kind of weapons and i don't even think anybody's talking about alvin kamara this year which cracks me up he hasn't scored in since what week two week, week three? three yeah i'm yep. sure fantasy owners know that all too well but yep. um what he's been able to do with everybody else including Taysom hill That's a lot of people you got to cover. And oh, yeah, by the way, Janoris Jenkins is on his way now to the secondary of the New Orleans Saints. The rich keep getting richer. And uh, yeah, unfortunately, it looks like the end of a career for uh, another budding superstar there in Josh Gordon. What could have been? Uh, And I don't know. You look at the Seattle Seahawks and you got to wonder. I know he was going to be a big part of what they were planning on doing moving forward in this stretch run here, certainly in the playoffs. But Not anymore. Uh, That receiving core just got a little bit less dangerous in Seattle now. I don't know if it's going to make a ton of difference, but I do think it's going to make a difference for them by far.
0: Yeah, I mean, I do think it will make a difference. Obviously, having a talented, gifted wide receiver is better than not having that guy, but at the same time, Joe, it's really only been, what, like a week or two where he was a piece of that offense for real, so I don't know that it's a big deal for them to adjust. Obviously, it's better to have another weapon, you know, but I will say, Joe, and I think you would agree, Seattle is a run-heavy team. They like running the ball, so I don't think it impacts their approach too much, and there is still Tyler Lockett, there is still DK Metcalf, so there's there's some people there that Russell Wilson can go to. Um, so while it does take away uh, a piece of what they want to do, it's not like Russell Wilson is scared of throwing the deep ball. And it's not like Tyler Lockett is not a great deep ball wide receiver, DK Metcalf as well. So while, you know, it is another weapon, I think Seattle will be able to kind of be Seattle.
1: It's the threat of him more right. than Absolutely. anything else at this particular yeah. point. Safeties have to respect Yeah. They uh, not. Yeah. Having him on that field at that same time with sure. those guys kind of changes the approach across the board. And it's a it's a luxury that very few teams would have had. Uh, but again, you got to go back to why we all scratched our head going. what What's up with New England? Like you have no wide receivers, New England. You have no deep threat. Right. Uh, this guy's getting ready to come off the, you know, the injured Like You put him on the injured lid now. All of a sudden, you're just cutting bait when you've got no real answer. And Mohamed Sanu is not, wasn't going to be the answer. So what exactly did New England know and when did they know it? I mean, it's a fair question because here we go again. Everyone was like, what the hell are you doing, in England? And then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, yeah. Yeah, Now, now maybe they did know the writing was on the wall. And I'm just shocked it takes this long. Week 15 of the NFL season. Like uh, how you just figured this out now, and I'm, I'm shocked they allowed it to get to this point. But then again, maybe New England knew exactly what was going on behind the scenes, and that's why they figured they'd move on sooner rather than later. Because I think we can agree, Josh Gordon still in a Patriots uniform makes that offense a little bit different. Yeah, I mean, these
0: are the weapons. Like you said, right? He does something for the offense. And we got to make this point, Joe. Even if he's not in the box score, right? Mm-hmm. Or for fantasy, you know, the idea of what he can do, just because you have to respect him in the yep. deep level of the field, that opens things up. Remember, Joe, like when I said with the Eagles, like Deshaun Jackson, how when he mm-hmm. was there, how big that was for guys like Ertz and Goddard working the middle of the field. You know, it's yep. about the spacing, it's about what defenses have to do. Do in response, and yes, the Seahawks, the Seahawks do lose that threat. But as I said, Josh, it's like I, uh, Joe. It's like Tyler Lockett is also a very big deep threat.
1: Yes, yeah, and, and then listen, it's uh, and Metcalf too. Yeah, I mean Metcalf is wild well too. It would be such a nice luxury to have the guy. But I, you know, I feel terrible for him too. It's I wish that I, uh, I hope he gets the help he needs. I really do because the guy is. It's it's no joke having that kind of addictive personality, having that ability, knowing what's on the line and and still not being able to control yourself. Now, if this was just weed, I think we'd be having a totally different conversation about how archaic the NFL's rules on weed is. But it was that performance enhancing aspect of it. That was a little. Now, we know he spent a lot of time on the injured list this year. So you have to things. wonder, and I'm sure we'll hear something, but, uh, you know, again, the whole, the weed thing is a separate issue altogether. And you got to wonder, like, really, why? You, if that's all right. it is, what the hell are you doing to this poor guy here? Not, it makes right, no sense. PEDs too, yeah. What Peds was it? And, you know, that's the whole question. Was he just doing anything and everything in his power to get back on track? Uh, it's just a sad situation because in all likelihood, let's be realistic. He's done in the NFL. I I don't see how they bring him back. I I don't know what message that sends if a guy can go on, what, six times, five for uh, drug use now, six times altogether he's been suspended. Uh, Has Roger Goodell ever bring him back and justify it? And how many times are you going to tell a guy, this is it? It's your last chance.
2: No, I think you're right.
1: You're right. I do think, though—
0: Uh, you want to make the distinction between him and someone like an Antonio Brown, right? Um, And you did. You you were talking about, like, you know, I hope he gets help, that sort of thing, because his issues have been really this kind of drug-related stuff. He hasn't gone on Instagram. He's not hitting people, you know, so, yeah. I hope hope the rest of his life, we won't see him in the public eye much. I hope he's I hope he does okay.
1: And I hope they just don't turn their back on him. I, I really hope that's another thing where you just don't say, okay, thanks, you got no more use to us. Bye-bye like now. All right, yeah, it. that's, it's a sad, sad state sure. of affairs. Yep. Indianapolis is sad, too. We'll talk about that next.
2: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
1: get ready for bowl season going to start this uh this friday in fact focus will be in the bahamas where we should all be right now the bahamas sure. uh this friday little mac that's right little mac action uh football buffalo taking on charlottes of course uh charlotte their very first uh, new program very first bowl game in fact uh, and they get to fly. Uh, they get to fly all the way to the Bahamas there, and uh, and get to party and hang out for a week. Not a bad way to go for a bunch of eighteen-year-olds hanging out uh, in December. You either get Buffalo or the Bahamas. Buffalo, ba- yeah, no, I'll take the Bahamas. Thank you very much. Uh, but uh, some interesting checklist notes for you guys if you want to start diving in to the bowl season because the bowl season offers you a very unique opportunity something the regular season doesn't and it starts by understanding the amount of data that you already have on a team it's not like the True. you know it's not like the beginning of the season where you're hoping to learn a little something about these teams and strength or sketch. like you have all the data you need right now in order to be able to make a smart investing decision and then if you're willing to go beyond that and look at a couple of different key factors You get yourself an edge here. No problem in bowl season. Like you got an opportunity to make some money here with these 40 games simply because there is no like, you know, these teams, you've got all the data you need. So now it's just a question of, all right, what's what else? What else is there? And of course, that's why you have us here on the grid, because we do have that. What else? And we'll drop some of those, uh, some of those uh what else nuggets of knowledge your way. We'll do that coming Thanks. up here uh at the top of the hour. But Daniel, it's record-breaking night last night for Drew Brees, and I gotta ask, because the question is now, you had he passes Peyton Manning, right? Mm-hmm. Brady's still playing. Mm-hmm. When it's all said and done, where is Drew Brees in the in the Mount Rushmore of NFL mm-hmm. quarterbacks, because he's such an anomaly in so many different ways. He's going to yeah. be, what, 41, right, isn't he? He's 40, yeah. isn't he? He's 40, I think he's at least... they showed it yesterday. Brady's 42, he's 40. He's 40, so he's going to be yeah. 41 years old, and we'd like to say that, hey, listen, he doesn't look like any signs of slowing down. I said it when it happened, Dane, and we talked about it. Him going down for five games there with Teddy Bridgewater might have been the best thing to happen to Drew Brees because this time last year, we started to see all of a sudden those balls getting there a second late, hanging right. in the air a little bit longer. Yep. A little more refreshed with that hand injury now. Not a, not, not a lot of wear and tear, but where do you put him? I, I mean, obviously, Manning and Brady, yeah. where do you put them all time?
0: Here's the funny part, Joe. That is, in fact, our poll question on Twitter this morning. We asked everyone, "Does you know does Drew Brees having the most touchdown passes of NFL history make him the best all time?" And the options we put out there was, "He's the goat, uh, top ten, kind of Hall of Fame, obvious," or "Lucky to be with Sean Payton." And that's the other one. You know, when you were talking about Miami, Joe, right? What do you think his entire career would be like if he was in a Nick Saban offense as mm. opposed to a Sean Payton offense? You know, I, no. I, I don't know exactly. I think it right. would have some impact, right? They wouldn't be as willing. They'd be outside instead of in the dome and some of those things. But I don't believe he is the best quarterback of all time. However, Joe. When I hear scouts and in the draft and all this stuff, right, people talk about, oh, he's got a rocket arm. You know, Jeff George, Ryan Leaf, Jamarcus Russell, they had rocket arms also. You know, the thing that actually matters, in my opinion, is two things. One, what's up here, the ability to process defenses, make decisions, and Drew Brees has that. And the second thing is accuracy. You have to deliver the ball in tight windows in the NFL. And Joe, what I can say is that he is the most accurate quarterback in NFL history. I don't know if that makes him the best, but the quarterback position, you got to throw the ball and no one has done it more accurately than Drew Brees in NFL history. So I think that gets him in the conversation.
1: Yeah, it's we know Brady, right? We know Manning. And, hell, I mean, if we want to go all-time, right, we got Montana's up on that list, right? So... It's
0: so hard to compare errors, Joe, because guys like what, like Unitas, if you want to say all-time, right? Like, I didn't see him. You didn't see him. His stats don't measure up. So how do you treat guys like that?
1: Well, it, the way you treat them is you have to take it into context. How did they do during their error? Where were they in their era? Because you can't compare errors. But were you the dominant force that, uh, that you know, guys are today? If they were, then yeah, hell yeah. You know, the game was different in a lot of ways. But at the same time, you're either you're either dominating and, and the best or you're not. I mean, does anybody think that, I don't know, um, Jim Brown wouldn't be just as good today? I didn't see I him agree. play, but. I, I still one of the best running backs about this this upper echelon, time. the absolute top, the mountaintop. How do yeah. I know how to
0: compare? You know, say Aaron Rodgers, John Elway, Terry Bradshaw, and Johnny Unitas.
1: You know what I mean? All subjective, and it uh, it all comes down to how dominant were they. A lot of those guys played against one another. Who had the edge? Who didn't have the edge? Who dominated what? I mean, Bradshaw's got a few rings on those uh, fingers there in the uh, in the '70s. So. He was obviously pretty good, and I would almost decade it. Football's interesting. Okay. And I like yeah, that because you don't right. you don't have guys with twenty year careers like in baseball. It's it's a little different sure. there. So when you talk about the seventies, I mean, hell, it was the you know the steel curtain there. You had right. uh, Minnesota and Kansas City in the sixty. So you yeah. you kind of put it all together. And even in his decade, I mean, Drew Brees and and think about it too. Brees and Brady are such anomalies. For how long they have played into their 40s is, and not, and not just played, but played where you're competing for championships, if not, yeah. you know, it's just it's crazy. And let's not exactly two of the most athletic dudes that we've ever seen in the, yeah. uh, you know, all six foot one of Drew Brees and and Brady, like rolling downhill, running a six, uh, you know, a six two forty. Right. Uh, it's amazing those two. But even let's say they're ten. 10, 15 years here. In this, when you, in this generation, in, sure. In their fifteen years of uh, playing, Brady, let's say twenty years. Uh, where does where does he rank? Is he? You know, I think he's right up there. It's still it's still interesting. What if he wins this year? Let's do that. What if he and wins the, Super, the Bowl? Super Bowl this year? And gets a second, and gets a second. Is he better than Aaron Rodgers?
0: So that's where I was going to go. That's where Mm -hmm. I was going to go. And again, the words are really important here, right? The most accomplished or the best because skill set wise, when you throw in the athleticism, right, the movement, Mm -hmm. Aaron Rodgers, maybe the most talented quarterback I've ever seen, you know, talented, his skill set. You know, with his arm and his mobility, right? But accomplished, you have to put Drew Brees in there. If I need to win a game and score some points, uh, maybe I choose Drew Brees or Peyton Manning. Um, I would I would lean towards Brees and Manning as the best quarterbacks I've as seen. The top. But, like, talented, I, I really do believe you got to put Aaron Rodgers in there as well.
1: Yeah, I... Aaron Rodgers you, you... can do some
0: things that these guys can't do. And yeah, they've done it, I, I... done it for
1: decades. You know, as a Michael Vick was very talented, there's been a lot of talented guys, but you've got to be able to put it all into, together. I'm trying it's to translate, everybody. right? Tra- and you that's would so think Aaron for a guy Rogers as talented as Aaron or- Rodgers, he should have, you know, multiple hardware on his fingers right there, and he does not. So, and there's a lot of things that that's go so into much that, he's got but it's as much not as enough. It's not enough. And that's the problem. Um, And Breeze, if he gets another one and he gets that second, is he. Is he in better or even with Ben Roethlisberger?
0: I would prefer Drew Brees over Ben Roethlisberger.
1: Even tough, right now, man, it, 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 you know, guys would, if we're using rings as a factor as well, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. what is the formula? You know, like my,
0: yeah. my, my middle school math teacher told me it was 40% tests. Where does 30% Brees go having... right
1: now? Let's say in this draft, if a Drew Brees was available in this year's draft, where does he go?
0: You mean like no age considerations?
1: No, let's say he's 18. He's coming out of college, like a kid out of Purdue right now, Drew. Where does he go right now? Like, because he doesn't fit the mold of what everyone thinks is the future you know, of the I game, right?
0: Overall, so right. height is a big deal, but Kyler Murray had the, the legs as well,
1: right? Pocket so- passer. Uh, he was he never mobile, up- right? He was, you know, he's he like, doesn't fit that like, mold of what we want Sam, a Darnold, quarterback.
0: Sam Darnold, Josh Rosen.
1: What about a guy like two? Bull, yeah, two is not big. Two is not big, but two has more mobility, right? And two he's is athletic. athletic right? Yeah, yeah. He's more yeah, athletic. athletic. Yeah. And he's only six foot. You know, I mean, we keep hearing this. Like, that was the big knock, wasn't it, on Baker? Like, dude, he can't see over the lineman. Like, so, and that was always the thing. When, even when he was coming out, it was like, oh, where did he go in the draft? Drew Brees was the second round pick. Drew Brees. Second was the round, second. right? He was second round. Top of the second round, I think.
0: I believe him and LaDanian Tomlinson, okay, and- were traded. I believe you'd have to go back. If Emma O'Brien would have to go back and check this, I believe there was a trade where ladanian Tomlinson was swapped and then Breeze was like top of the second round pick. Second round. Right. Yeah. And it was, they got uh, the, the chargers ultimately got the draft picks that were ladanian Tomlinson, Tomlinson and, Drew and, and Drew Brees. That's and correct. Draft. I believe yep. that's how it happened. And Tomlinson yep. was the first round pick and Breeze was like the little second round pick they got that they turned into Drew Brees. I believe. believe, Double check me on that.
1: Peyton was already in the league. I believe Peyton was two or three years into the league already when Breeze came in. as his quarterback. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Like, he was already, he was throwing interceptions at Indy when Drew Breeze was actually, it was early on in his career. I think he had been in there two or three years already, Peyton was. And then, so you think about from a career standpoint, it took him... Couple extra years in order to be able, or just about the same amount of time that it took. Because Peyton's been out, what, four years? So about the same length, really, and he's passed him. So apples to apples, it wasn't like he had this five-year extra
0: career. Yeah, like touchdown first season or whatever, it's probably the same.
1: I gotta believe I would go with Peyton, man. I really do. All right, so week 15 is uh, in the books. Turn the attention, of course, to week 16. And uh, no, you don't have to look any further here. Some monster games, uh, obviously. Uh, One in Philadelphia a lot of people seem to have an interest in here now is Dallas. And the Eagles getting ready to decide who's going to make the playoffs. Who's going, who's not going. And that uh, certainly seems to have the most action. Headed towards its way right now, but don't forget no Thursday night games. We got three Saturday games in the, uh, in the fold here this week. So three Saturdays and a whole bunch of Sunday games all with a lot on the line, but at the same time, yeah, you look at some teams like Indy now who was just bounced out. So what is the motivation of the Indianapolis Colts here moving forward? Uh, because I know a lot more question marks than answers, I think, were taken away with that game last night. If you're indie, you spent seven out of ten draft picks, I believe, on the defensive side of the football there, and they basically presented zero resistance to the uh, – and I get it, you got weapons, everyone's hurt on the offense, but that's got nothing to do with the fact that you spent an awful lot of draft capital and building that defense, and they got lit up like they weren't even there last night in that game. So you had playoff, and I said the same thing about the Rams. Like I'm watching the Indianapolis Colts last night, going, "There's I've never seen a team more flat with everything on the line." I, I, the Rams Saturday against the uh, the Cowboys had right. that same feel and look to it, like they'd rather not be here. Like that's exactly what it looked with Indianapolis last night. Like they wanted anything to do but not be there. And that's you know if you're if you're Craig Ballard, if you're disturbing to say the least. And I don't know what you do now with Jacoby Brissett. How hurt is he? Is there a lingering knee issue? You had T.Y. Hilton back. You had Mac, and oh yeah, you got an offensive line that you built that was supposed to be able to control the line of scrimmage. You didn't control anything? No Rankins, no Davenport. Right. It was just terrible, Frank. Right. I mean, absolutely terrible showing. And I, what do you do next year now? Because you can't. And I get it. And that should be another question: Does Andrew Luck come back? Do they make an offer? Does does a year? Because you know, it's funny. We haven't heard. One thing about Andrew Luck, have we not? I don't think they've not even brought a story up. like Not even like he's sailing in the Caribbean right now or he's taking a European vacation. Nothing on Andrew Luck. And I'm wondering, when does that Andrew Luck talk start in Indianapolis? It's got to be soon, man. And then, living in the shadow, here we go again, Jacoby Brissett. And you didn't do yourself any favors. He was missing guys badly that were open there last night. Either not getting a ball to him, overthrown, undercutting. There was, I think, one of the first or second drives, and it was the third down play. And it was a great play that would have extended the drive, put it into, yeah. you know, past midfield. And he overthrew the guy like it was, like, what are you? Wide open. He floated it and overthrew him by 10. you like, what are you doing? And the rest of the night didn't get any better, so... Ah, uh, Jacoby Brissett more question marks than I think answers at this point in the game. So I don't
0: disagree with you, Joe. I I I, I do think Jacoby Brissett did not help himself. Okay, um, but I will say this disclaimer: I am see I see the Colts glass half full. I really do, um, and I'm more willing to kind of like make the excuses for this team. And the reason I say that. Is because I do trust Ballard. I do like the way he's building this team from the trenches on out. I do believe Frank Reich is a good head coach, right? I do think a healthy Jacoby Brissett can be an adequate game manager in this NFL, okay? Joe, they're 6-8. Right. A Hmm. lot of their games were one score games. Remember, I was talking about Venetary losing them games in the middle of the season. I, I, you know, the idea of no Mac, no Hilton, no Ebron. Maybe that's a win. Maybe that's two. If this team is eight and six right now, it's a whole different story. Okay, so because I trust Frank Reich and because I think this team is being built well. I would I would go at it with this group again, I would, and hope I have health, hope I get another off-season of moves, maybe get another two couple of pieces on the line. Remember also, remember in that off-season, Joe, the Colts had more money than anyone to spend in the off-season on free agencies? And they didn't spend all of it. Okay, so I think they're going to be able to restock. I'm more glass half full with this team because I trust the way it's being built, and I trust the head coach – to be able to develop this team. I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt and think if one bounce goes here or there, they're still alive, and I think they could do it again next year. Remember, their quarterback missed some games as well, right? So this one or two games, and this is a very different narrative for the Colts this year, and I like the way they approach the game.
1: It's... (sighs) I, I like, so Ballard. I, like I like the way they go. You know, but, man, you you start the year five and two and then yeah. you lose six out of your neck. It's that's a tough pill to swallow. And uh, yeah, but Joe, they lost their quarterback. Their RB one, their wide out one in that yeah, time. But that doesn't make them unique. That's not a unique situation. I, I understand you, that. you know, Brian you, you was spent playing all games of that them. draft capital on defense to get depth. Where yep. is the depth? There is no depth. Like, there is, you know, whatever issues you have on the offense, you still have an offensive line intact, right? Yes. And and you still have Mack in the backfield, or no yep. matter what time he missed. You can't lose six out of seven games. T.Y. Hilton cannot be the reason that you go, oh, boy, we lost six. Out, like, he's not that impactful of a player where he's going to get you to rattle off six out of seven losses. Like, that's that's a BS excuse. Something else is going on with that team. Your offensive line is great. Your defense, you got all of these guys, all of these number one picks, all of these draft picks on there, Yeah. and you lose six out of seven, something else. I don't know if it's coaching. I don't know where else to look, but it can't just be, oh, we lost Eric Ebron and T.Y. Yeah, I so did, did everyone else. All year long, guys lost teams. So what's I, – I don't get it. Plus, he only missed two games. And they lost a couple of games they should have won. And don't forget, this is a team that started one and five last year and then won nine out of their last ten games. But that was with Andrew Luck under center. So Uh, I, I, mean, think so much I think this is, I still think this is a good team. I
0: think this is a good team that is running out of steam got banged up and no that's not unique you're absolutely correct right but literally there was I think there was something like nine games that they played within a score right so right. they are not far away they did have like they missed their quarterback they missed everybody like if it's one game difference you know if they're seven and seven right now, you know, mm. eight and six, it's a different narrative for this team. I'm okay. I, let's put it this way. I don't think they need to blow it all up. You know what I mean, Joe? And that's really the no, question, right? No.
1: But the question think, is going to be quarterback. Let's face it. I mean, let's cut to the chase. You've got the okay. offensive line. You've got the pieces. Fair. Are you investing now in, you know, you, you did that kind of, Nobody hey, well. You invested just enough to be able to walk away. No harm, no foul, basically. Right. So what? You're going to be too good, right? You're going to be middle of the road in the draft, so you're probably not getting a quarterback uh, in the draft. But like you said, they got plenty of they got plenty of money, and there is a huge there is a huge contingency of quarterbacks that are going to be available this year. If you're indie, do you go out and sign one? Do you make a do you make a play? Oh, and I do to your point about defense, I
0: go out and sign Jadavion Clowney. You know that's the way I might go. I might. I might trust that Brissett can be the game manager on offense, okay? Okay. I don't, Joe, I honestly don't think the offense is the problem. You talked about the O line. There's a lot of dynamic playmakers that they've missed. You know, this year, no Paris Campbell, no Devin Funches, no T.Y. Hilton, no Eric Ebron. They're okay at the skill position. I think Brissett is a respected enough game manager. I think their offense is fine. I would invest money and draft capital in the defense, and then I would take another shot at this with this group. And honestly, Joe, they may get also like a third-place schedule next year, which would be helpful for this team. I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to be on this team next year because I believe in what they're doing, because they'll have a new damn field goal kicker, which may not cost them a game. You know, because of all (laughs) these little things, these inches add up for me, and I think the Colts are a perfect kind of team to hop on for next year. I really do, because I trust that they are, you know, they are a professional team. Ballard and Ray- Reich are are, are are a brain trust that I can get behind in the long term.
1: I don't know that. Uh, I, I think they've got to address skill position players in the draft for sure, uh, like because you you can't lose T. Y. Hilton and then everything go downhill there. You just lost. you you T.Y. can't Hilton. do it. Oh. You know, you had Doyle. Is- Ebron is- was. They, they signed oh, Devin pa- F- What is Paris that- – Devin Funches couldn't be- – Devin F- – again, we're not talking – you you need to address- – you need to get younger. You need to get faster. You Devin Funches is not a that guy that, was- that is a game fast- changer. He's never been a game changer. What is Devin Funches? He's going to add, what, three wins to a team? Like, so, seriously? No, he's is- not
0: your wide receiver core has to play a lot of different roles, different skill sets TY is your A, the route runner, Devin Funches is your big bodied red zone guy, and Paris Campbell is your slot is your slot shifty young speed guy, they have those roles and they just spent money and draft capital with them, they yeah and they ain't like- any
1: good, I mean it's okay to admit that you know what uh, maybe not going to get the job done especially in a draft that's got Number one talent at the wide receiver position coming out and available, you've got to go out and get skill position, guys. I don't care how good everyone thought Paris Campbell was going to be or Devin Funches. The reality is, you got to get younger, you got to get a little healthier. And Devin Funches has spent more time on the IR than he has actually on a field in his career. So that's what you got. Eric Ebron has spent more time on the IR in the last two years than he has on the field. They've got to address these things. Because, quite honestly, they're still trying to figure out if they have a quarterback. I don't know that they do. What I do know is that the weapons certainly don't equal what they thought they were going to be. Because they ain't helping them if they're not available. And how old is T.Y. now? Is he on that precipice of 30? Thirty? 30 is, he 20, is he under 30? I don't even think so. I'll All I that. know is he spent the last two years... A lot of time on that sideline and on the IR with injuries. He's a game changer without a doubt, but I don't know that the quarterback is the answer. I really don't know that he's the, he's the answer right now because they don't have any other choice, but I'm going to be real interested to see if they take any of that money and say, you know what, let's bring in a Marcus Mariota. Let's, let's bring in one of these ridiculous amounts of free agent quarterbacks that are going to be available right now to mix it up because the other thing is, Who's the backup? Like, you ain't going into next season with that as a backup. Like, you, you cannot can it. I absolutely not. So, the question is, who do you go after and how much are you willing to spend? Because you can't get it into the draft. But much like Tennessee this year, they went out and got themselves a starter in the NFL. They gave them, they said the opportunity, you'll have an opportunity to win the job and Tannehill ended up winning the job. I think they need to go the same route because there's no way anybody can be sold on Jacoby Brissett right now.
0: So T.Y. Hilton, Joe, just turned 30. Okay, 1989, oh, he okay. November he of 1989. He, he just turned 30 last month. Okay, mm-hmm. so, you know, he's kind of in the, the 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 back the back end of his prime, I'll say. Right. The back end of his prime, right? He still probably has a few years being a very productive yes. Pro Bowl caliber. absolutely. I'd give him absolutely. three more years before the decline, let's say. All right, but, Joe, I reiterate, we need to play the game after maybe the regular season. And with quarterbacks— all the openings and we need to figure out like what is the market right because that'll be the division between mike Tennessee, indianapolis and right what are the options what is the parking what's the traffic
1: and it'll be
2: cheap to get a quarterback this year
1: actually pretty cheap because there's so many A uh, big Saturday slate of games, interesting Saturday slate of games, too. In fact, this week, where decisions are going to have to be made this week early on in which direction you think you're going to go because some of these games, Dane, uh, on Saturday, when you got Texans at Bucks, uh, Bills, Patriots, Rams, and 49ers, it has been extremely profitable Saturday games in December over the years. Uh, in fact, road teams have been the single most popular bet in uh, really? in Saturday games of December. 46 and 29 against the number 62% hmm. since 2003. And actually, road favorites, 2010 and 2 against the number 67%. And road dogs, 26 and 19 against the number 58%. So, any combination of road. It's <laughs> really good. So, you go. we've got Texans, Bills, and Rams. Uh right, I think the Rams is the road team, are they not? Correct. Yeah, so the three road teams uh all fit into those categories. December road games huge uh edge to those teams. I love the the Texans. I think the Texans I think Godwin is out. If I'm not mistaken,
0: they haven't made it official, but they did say like, it doesn't look good. You know, they're going to be without Evans and Godwin uh, fire up uh, Rashard Perryman and fire up. Maybe a return to OJ Howard getting some targets.
1: Oh dear, not a big tight end guy, Bruce Arians, I think we learned this year. Yeah, but uh, you got to use somebody now because you know yeah, Jameis
0: is still going to be throwing. J- there's going to be 400 yards of passing offense, right? Gonna like, have to it can't them. all go no. to Perryman.
1: Yes. <laughs> yep. I agree with you there. And the Bills heading to Foxborough, six and a half. I think that opened at seven. It's actually been pushed down a little to six and a half. Uh, at six the Bills, Bills are the number live. At FanDuel. Can we agree? Live dog. The Bills here in this yeah. spot. Especially yes. given what we know about uh, the trends of of Saturday teams, Saturday road teams, and and the Rams, I I, uh, I, I don't I don't know. I, I could they could they bounce back and be so pissed off at what happened last week that rivalry kind of situation. I, uh, they could, but the Niners are also pissed off at what happened. Yeah, last week. Uh, damn it, that's a brutal game, brutal game. Maybe the totals is the way to look there. We'll take a look at them. We'll do that coming up uh, next hour.